How's it going, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Sean and Matt Show. My name is Matt, that is Sean, and welcome to the show. Sean, in today's episode, we're going to be talking about the international travel ban that was Ooh. just lifted as of three days ago, and um, that is causing waves in a couple different markets. We'll talk about how it affects the D.C. market as well as the real estate industry as a whole. Speaking of the D.C. markets, the D.C. area home prices reached an all-time high in October. I'm almost tired of saying yeah. that the market, it's, it's kind of like a tired headline. We're going to touch on that and see if maybe this is the last month where we've reached an all-time high. More on that. And then we're going to finish it off with a Jeff Bezos-backed real estate app that is now accepting Bitcoin as payments for a South, excuse me, a Latin America, different than South America, or maybe it's all the same. Um, <laughs> wow, terrible, showing my ignorance. Um, basically, you can buy properties in Mexico and Colombia using Bitcoin with a, a very easy to use portal. So we'll Pretty touch on cool that as well. Right there, yeah. Let's start the show with a couple different articles coming to us from KRON4 out of San Francisco. Real estate agents prepare for return of foreign buyers as travel ban ends. So maybe you saw in the news the heartwarming stories of families that literally have been separated for a very long time have now been reunited as the United States is allowing um, international travelers uh, back into the United States. And what that means for the real estate market is now buyers from China, buyers from Asia, buyers from Europe are now welcomed back with open arms back into the market, especially in the New York and Miami markets where um, from some, basically all foreign purchases in the United States plummeted um, about 27% from April 2020 to March 2021. So a couple thoughts here. First of all, the real estate market has been humming along without the foreign buyers. Mm -hmm. However, I'm not as well versed in the ultra high end market, Sean. So what are your thoughts on the international buyers coming back in? How are they going to navigate this new market with, with much less inventory? And then how are they going to navigate this ultra luxury market? Yeah, I mean, think about this. While they were gone, while they weren't were not investing, we had our best real estate ever, you know, our best real estate year ever. And so they're coming back and probably to a lot higher prices. But not only that, they're coming back and they're going to force another real estate boom, right? I would think that especially like in these markets you're talking about in Florida, South Florida and in um in New York, that a lot of their business is based on foreign investors. And so just to see this flood now, all of a sudden, uh, it, it's going to be tough for everybody. And, you know, it's funny. It's like you always think I've always dreamed of buying in South Florida. And, and I'm like, oh, man, I wish I could, wish I could or should have now, should have, could have, would have, because these prices have skyrocketed and they're only going to keep going, especially in the Miami area. Um, how are they going to navigate? I mean, these are these are pretty hefty investors, you know. They've got cash, and so they're 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 used to throwing around the cash. And I think that uh, it's not going to phase them much as far as a you know a ten or fifteen twenty percent increase in value. 
uh, over the last year, uh, they, they're not going to really worry about that. They're they're ready to get in, and I think they're hungry. Broker Enzo Rosanio, a uh, partner with Barnes International Miami, works primarily with European clients, and he said in the article, buyers are coming to South Florida all at once, air quotes, now that the ban has been lifted. He's been prepping them by finding short-term rentals and setting up showings and appointments at sales centers looking his clients are looking at the 700,000 to 2 million marking up and that's that, that's not necessarily like an ultra high end we're not talking about like 40 you know 432 park or like billionaires row in New York City like if you're looking at a $700,000 condo in Miami that's that's a lot of people that might be looking at that and and the uh, the article goes on to say that uh, the market is super intense right now. Inventory is low. Europeans hate bidding wars. As soon as they feel rushed, it's a turnoff, says Rosani. Mm. So they, they might be in for a rude awakening, depending on what happens in the fall market. When does the winter market start? Is that I after mean, Thanksgiving? Yeah, I mean, I would I would say, yeah. But, I mean, it doesn't matter. I think fall, winter, the market's it's all the really same. good. Yeah, it's, it's, it's slowing down here and. You know, I wonder, is that the buying time in Florida? Though? But because it's slowing down, but is this going to pick it back up? Because if if luxury sales, if it, if these yeah. sales drop, let me, let me just say foreign purchases of U.S. homes plummeted 27% compared to the previous year. Yeah. So if 27% is down and now you're opening up that pie, how is that going to affect the current market? Yeah, it's got to affect it in a positive upwards trend, right? And so... They're here. They're coming. Uh, I mean, it was just lifted a couple of days ago, and you were telling me the story about a building here, right? Yeah, in uh, in Arlington, you know, uh, a new construction building just got three new, you know, inquiries from, you know, Asian Chinese, you know, buyers, and and the sales agent was like, I just got these three, you know, Asian buyers just out of the blue. I'm like, well, it, it wasn't necessarily out of blue because it happened two days ago. The travel ban was lifted three days ago, so. I think there's going to be a direct correlation to foreign purchasers ticking up. I, I don't know. I mean, everything changed in 2020, in 2020 right? So I, I don't know how the foreign buyers are going to react to this new market because the article also says that, you know, they, they want to touch and feel things and maybe they're, you know, stir crazy to actually go out and tour some of these properties. Yeah. And I wonder is, does this affect more the condo market or the single family home market? Because you think about Miami, New York, this is mainly condos, right? Um, and so where, where we've seen, and maybe this kind of segments us into our next kind of thing, but the, the condo market is a little slower. So maybe that's going to boost that condo market because I would think that most foreign investors are going towards that route, right? It's easier to maintain, um, the upkeep's easier. And so hopefully, and what we've seen as a trend in the United States is a lot of people have moved out of the city areas and gone for more space outside of the, into the suburbs. But maybe this trend will you know, cause that all to change. It's definitely condo-centered. And touching on yeah. the New York City markets, the um, arrival of the international buyers comes as, the Manhattan market is on fire, however, the supply remained higher than usual stan point ponty with sotheby's international realty says that the return of foreign buyers could be the perfect piece of the puzzle right. to help 
um, you know, with this uh, help soak up the inventory. That's what I, exactly what I was thinking and hoping for our area as well. I mean, we've seen a lot of, I mean, the single family market is one thing and then the condo market is a whole different, uh, different realm. And so hopefully that causes, because we see investors here as well. You know, we see foreign investors here, but not as much as New York and, and Miami, but we definitely see them here. So hopefully that, uh, that spurs our, our condo market a little mm -hmm. more. We'll be interested to see how that affects the, uh, the local DC market, but I, I think it's certainly going to um, affect New York City, Miami, yeah. pl places where people want to park, park some money. Yeah, definitely. Um, so let's go into the next article. It's from Washingtonian. D.C. area home prices hit new records in October. Compared to last year, local real estate market has continued to calm down. So there were a, a few different, this is a short article from Washingtonia. I'll list and link it if you're watching on YouTube. Short article, a few pieces of key numbers I want to go through. First of all, median price for all housing types in D.C. proper, 705, which is a record high city of Falls Church. By the way, if... If I say I'm in Falls Church, where where do you think? Like, are you thinking Seven Corners? Are you thinking City of Falls Church? Are you thinking Bailey's Crossroads? Are you thinking the Falls Church neighborhood of Fairfax? Yeah, well, say I used to live in Falls Church, right? And and I lived in Lake Barcroft, but that's not the City of Falls Church. So when when they're talking about Falls Church, I would always presume or assume that it's City of. But Falls like, Church. if someone's just in conversation, this is. Off tangent, I always, but yeah, I, was, I always put myself where I lived, right? Yeah. But, so if I said, "Oh, I'm in Falls Church," you're like, "Oh, he was in Lake Barcroft." No, not necessarily, because you, usually you you kind of go towards the city center, right? So like, all right, all right, he's in Falls Church, so he's probably over. But I, that's interesting. I, I, I had know. a conversation <laughs> with someone recently, and she's like, "Oh yeah, Falls Church," and uh, in my head, I was thinking the city of Falls Church, and she was thinking like somewhere, somewhere like completely yeah. different, which. We were both correct, but because there's the city of Falls Church and then there's Fairfax County Falls Church, so that's <laughs> yeah. gonna screw you up. So the city of Falls Church also achieved a record median price for single-family homes, detached 1.53. All that is amazing to me. 1.53. 1.53 as a median. That's, yeah, that's huge. But here's the thing: the it's a the city is small. And so not too it, many. There's not too many. And there's a lot of flipping there. You know, there's builders coming in there and just new construction over and over again. So that's pushing these prices. We've seen the new construction prices, you know, one eights, one nines into two millions, you know. So like that's going to push that median price. And there's just not a ton. So, you know, you think about Falls Church. I sold one a couple of years ago in the nines. That thing's easily worth, you know, one three now, one two, one three. It's, it's just boomed. Yeah, and, and people talk about the taxes in the city of Falls Church. Now, if you're buying a $1.5 million house in the city of Falls Church compared to North Arlington, like what is the comp for – is the comp for North Arlington like 1.3, 1.4 compared to a 1.5 house in city of no, Falls Church? No, I don't think it's that much. I don't know exactly. I used to, um, but I would say, yeah, you're probably in about a $100,000 difference if the taxes – I'm just curious to know like – at what point does it does it does it affect like oh the tax are too high versus going to another jurisdiction? Yeah, um, you know what I'm saying. Right. No, I looked in when I was looking at new construction. I looked in Vienna for a while, and the Vienna taxes. You know, when, when you're when it comes down to it, it's a few hundred dollars here and there per month or something. But man, when I got reassessed on my taxes, that that pushed my payment honestly six hundred dollars a month. 
uh, when I got reassessed. It was nuts. So prepare for that if you're buying a new home or if you're buying a renovation property. So we mm -hmm. should be clear, Sean bought a renovation property. So it was yeah. assessed at- It was originally assessed at a million. Okay. Right, before I bought it. But then it was renovated and you know, I bought it for more than that. And then, and then the assessment came in higher than I bought it for. So it went from, you know, basically, you know, so that's like the, the perfect storm of perfect increase. Storm. So you, I'm guessing you knew that you, it was going to go up, but maybe you didn't know it was going to go up that much. True. True. That's a true uh, statement there. Um, so rounding out a couple more numbers, I think it's going to be helpful for you guys. Median for all types of houses in the entire DC Metro area. 535 a 7% increase from October 2020 and here's what I really want to get into condos were the exception guys <laughs> um, October median a 340 a slight dip from last year's 342 the bigger picture because prices don't get affected until this one thing that I'm about to touch on gets affected which is supply Sean there are a lot of condos on the market and in October there were four there was a 4.6 month supply of condos That's on the insane. market which is an astronomical amount keep in mind you know the past couple months there have been like a one month supply of all housing properties like a one and a half month supply of all housing properties in Arlington so the fact that there is a 4.6 month supply on DC metro area um, condos. That tell, means it's skewing the numbers because the single families are so right. low and the condos. Well, are, it tells me a couple things. One, opportunity for buyers. Yeah. And two, you, you might have to be a little more patient um, as a seller because it's it's it can be difficult to price some of these units because we're at the point where prices are still pretty high. Condos are slowing down. So you, you may price it at the most recent comp, but meanwhile, the active properties are accruing days on market. And in reality, those comps were from a much different era. Yeah, and that's, that's what I was saying. Even this article, you know, it's saying October. Well, we're in November. I mean, th these markets change very quickly. And we're going into the slower times, right? We're November, December, January is going to be slow. So if you're putting your property on, especially on a, a condo, it's going to be a slower market. Um, and this goes everywhere, right? So we're talking about... Uh, I was I was at a property showing it for clients out. Um, they live out out of state, and so uh, I talked to the listing agent. Went through the property, really cool waterfront property, um, and just talking to him, he's like, you know, I'm kind of disappointed because I only had like six showings over the weekend, and I'm like, all right, well, that's what I expected. I thought that the showings are going to be lower, even on a nice waterfront property like that. So, what we're seeing is instead of a couple months ago when we were seeing 15, 20 stupid contracts on one property, we're seeing one, two, three, right? Um, so the amount of buyers has come down. I think that's all going to change in three months when everybody gets their, their pre-approvals together and they all want to jump in at the same time. So if you're gonna, if you're thinking of buying, buy, buy now. I'm telling you, buy now between now and January and, and then you're going to be in bidding wars heavily again. Um, but that goes into the condo market, right? So the condos, there's a lot on the market and, and Matt and I are usually talking a half a month supply, right? Before all this stuff started going crazy, we were always running on a half a month supply. Now we're running on a four and a half month supply. So what does that tell you? That's insane. That's a lot. And that's probably more than I've seen 
since maybe the 2008-9 time frame. You know, I don't even know what it was back then, but this is definitely the highest I've seen in a long time. It's interesting for condos specifically how we were so hot yeah. and now we're so slow. We haven't really had like a middle ground. It's going to come back. Like and that's the thing is it always does, you know, just like everything that we see, it's going to come back and it's going to come back. I think slowly. Can it, can it come back slowly? Cause I, I'm trying to get like two offers. Like I don't, like I don't want like 20 offers. I don't either. I don't know? care about that. I just want it to sell in a normal time frame, you know? And yeah, one, two offers is, is amazing. Um, can it come back? I, the, all the all the numbers are still there for us to come back. It will, and and it will. Um, it's it's going to take confidence, just like the foreign buyers coming back. Then all the workers go back, and everything kind of starts churning again. Um, and you're going to find yourself probably in bidding wars. You know, in the next two years, maybe as far as the condos go, we're going to start weaning those out. Um, the good properties are always going to sell. Um, so prepare your house, prepare your condos, uh, take the time to prepare it. That's another thing is like. Don't just throw it on the market. Take the time to prepare it because if you throw it on the market and you're not prepared, you're just gonna sit. Right? We'll have to do a uh, like a winter real estate market preview or a yeah. 2022. Is that the year coming up? 2022 yeah. <laughs> uh, market preview, like maybe next uh, week or in, in a couple weeks. Yeah. I will say that I walked by the Deloitte office on the way to the gym, and there are more and more people in khakis and blue button down shirts. Yeah. The uh, the consultants are coming back, so the world is healing itself. Okay, so let's move on to the third topic. This comes to us from Bloomberg. Bezos-backed real estate app to accept Bitcoin as payment. La House starts taking crypto for Latin America home purchases. Bitcoin rally has pushed the market value above $1.2 trillion for Bitcoin. So essentially, this is a an app, a website, where you can go online and search for houses in a, um, a couple different Latin American, South American markets like Mexico, Mexico City, and Colombia, Bogota, Medellin, uh, cities like that. And essentially, the the whole premise is um, it's breaking down walls. It's breaking down borders. It's breaking down barriers of entry because before, it would be borderline impossible to purchase a property in Mexico. You can do it. You can go down to Mexico. I'm I'm not even going to pretend like I'm an expert in purchasing properties in Mexico, but now what you can do is go on an easy-to-use portal that's in English, look at the prices. Um, they're in pesos. You can easily convert it to um, to Bitcoin or, or U.S. dollars and, um, and access not only um, – uh, single-family houses, but condos, apartments, and even new developments or uh, vacation properties, which is is something really cool, Sean. So, so what are your thoughts on on Bitcoin becoming the the primary uh, payment method? So this is really really cool stuff, and I, I want to kind of take a step back because what I read about this article and and I had to kind of grasp. All right, so it's an app. So how are they doing this? What what I learned was that. Mexico doesn't have, a, or you know, Latin America as a whole doesn't have a centralized database. They don't have an MLS that Zillow is pulling from, right? That Zillow steals from. <laughs> no, they don't have anything like that. So what they have now is La House. La House was started by a, a group of guys that um, started getting a database together. And so now you can actually search just like you could uh, on Zillow, but in Latin America. And 
now you can actually just purchase from that app through with Bitcoin. So not only is this app accepting Bitcoin, but it's also uh, getting a platform for everyone to use and, and purchase because there was no no access like that. Even public access to housing was tough. So it's really, really a groundbreaker. A, a yeah, a few pieces of key information. So the app was actually started in 2017, operates in 10 cities in Colombia and Mexico, and it, it actually does focus on the new housing developments. And Sean, there have been more than one billion worth of annual gross transaction transactions carried out over the app and there's wow. more than 1 million monthly users um it's raised over 150 million in equity and debt from investors including jeff bezos and a couple other venture capitalist firms it plans to expand um, across every major city in colombia and mexico by year's end and across latin america thereafter mm. so we saw that earlier this year el salvador was um, the first country to accept Bitcoin as legal tender. So now that's um, expanding even more to, I, I, don't, I don't think technically, you know, Mexico accepts Bitcoin, but I'm sure through the app, you pay on Bitcoin, they convert to pesos and, you know, every, everything's above board. Yeah, and it's all coming. I mean, it's, it's, everything's gonna transition to this. It's, everything is barrier to entry, like you were saying before. Um, you're, you're pushing that barrier away and allowing people to actually purchase houses in a normal sense. And uh, through an app, which is crazy, you don't necessarily need a real estate agent. I don't know, you know, I wonder how their closing is, right? Uh, you know, they don't have records like that. So, all right, do you actually own it? You know, that, that could be a scary thing. You know, if they don't have that chain of title or, you know, I don't know. I don't know how that works down there. Well, so, a, a lot of people have used it over a yeah. billion dollars for the transaction. Yeah, so, so I guess it's there. Someone's buying and someone's selling. Yeah. yeah. Um, the the company La House is uh, basically acting as an intermediary and then paying the the, the sellers from that. Yeah. So. And they were saying, you know, it's saving so much paperwork and there's there's no paperwork as far as that goes because it's all done straight through the app. Just like we were saying with um, uh, blockchain title. You know, there should be a blockchain it, title. I company. mean, there it's probably a thousand percent will be. It's just yeah. a matter of time. Yeah, I am. I am very uh, um, bullish on crypto and international purchases. I'm. I'm very curious to see where this leads to. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I gotta. I gotta get in, man. I, I keep. Oh, let's not go into Bitcoin. I just think if there's a way to uh, have everyone in the world on That's the, the on thing. the same payments and have an easy way to access other properties yep. because if you think about like buying a property in Mexico or buying a property in, you know, Colombia, that it, it sounds very difficult on the onset, but if, but everybody, if there's knows, a blockchain, if right. there's a, you know, if it's tokenized, if the title is through the block blockchain and you know, you don't have to deal with maybe some government things in, in South America and Latin America, then I, I think everyone wins. Yeah, universal currency, making it easy for everybody. That's why Bitcoin and all these cryptocurrencies have so far to grow even even now, right? Because they're, they're just being introduced as national currency in some countries. So just, it'll, it'll keep going, right? And it, it'll, it'll 
get bigger and bigger and bigger, and then the value is going to keep going. And now we see it at what sixty four thousand this this week. This is how you write a title of an article. You put Jeff Bezos' name in it, yeah. and you put Bitcoin, Bitcoin in it, <laughs> and that thing is going to get a lot of clicks. Yeah. So what I'll do is I will list and link this article along with the other two articles that we talked about in the description below. So if you do have any comments, questions, definitely drop them down in the comments section. Hit the thumbs up button if you haven't already. And for Sean and myself, thank you so much for watching. Until next time, we'll see you then. Take care.